from this place, parallel, 49th parallel, their longitude blend. Oh my gosh, it smells so good. Hey guys, it's Emily, and welcome back to My Caffeine Withdrawal. So I've been holding on to this next episode for quite a while now. Myself and the producers at My Caffeine Withdrawal, Rob and Jeff, are very big fans of the band Caveman. And we were all so psyched when Matt, the songwriter and lead singer of Caveman, agreed to be on the show. I had been listening to their new EP, new sides, and interacting a bit with Matt over social media, but this was really my first time meeting and getting to know him. He is just so sweet and open and calm, and I really think you guys are going to enjoy getting to know Matt a little bit better. I love myself, so I'm making myself a cup of coffee. <laughs> we really cover so much of Matt's journey in music, from singing as a little kid in the Metropolitan Opera to touring with various bands all over the country. We talk coffee, of course, and staying creative during COVID, and how his perspective has changed over the years. When I called up Matt, he had just been getting settled into a new apartment in the Bronx. Oh, I'm gonna go with my This Is War mug. Gotta start my day now. Well, I just moved to the Bronx. I mean, I'm from Brooklyn, so I like it out here. It's quiet. So you grew up in Brooklyn. Like I moved to Brooklyn from Nebraska and then and then like all my the band friends that I met, I feel like they like moved from somewhere else or something. So I don't know. It's pretty cool that you like grew up there. Like how did you get into music? Was your mom into music? Yeah. So my mom and dad are both. My dad's like a composer. Um, oh, really? So yeah, he did like a lot of jazz stuff back in the day and I don't know, a lot mostly in the jazz world. And my mom was a public school music teacher for 20 or 30 years. So you took class from her. She was your teacher? Mm, no, you, not or really. No. To this day they want me to take like um you know, theory classes and stuff and I just I was like my sister kind of went that route and I was like okay. I, I'm going to learn how to play drums and I mean we <laughs> sang like as kids we sang in the we were in the Metropolitan Opera, so I, I like learned kind of, you know, vocal training and stuff like that. But I mean, that's pretty incredible. I think I was, I mean, I must have been like seven till about yeah. 13. And I just kind of faked it. Like I, I didn't really know how to read the music, but I just kind of faked it. So did you have to audition for that? Like as a yeah. seven year old? Or you did. Yeah, yeah. The famous, her name was Ellen Adoria and she was in charge of the children's chorus. Like when I was there, it was like Emmy Rossum was in it. And oh my gosh. So there was a few of us. I mean, Emmy Rossum's like nanny would pick me up and then we'd go to her school and then we'd go. So it was like, it was really fun. Yeah. The, the, like the training was funny. Like I remember we went in and I got in right away because they needed boys, you know, of my age for the children's chorus. But my mom was like, you're not going to get him unless you try my, my daughter out. So then my sister got in. Um, mm -hmm. So it was pretty fun, you know, definitely great training. Yeah, for sure. 
Is your sister younger or older than you? She's older. So like growing up, did you guys get along and like play music or was it like you guys had like your separate things? I mean, she and I growing up, we liked opera, obviously. I still love opera. Were your parents, were they mostly into the more like classical opera stuff or were they listening to like, they introduced you guys to like the se- like 70s music and all of that? Yeah, my mom was like, you know, she was young. She was, very, <laughs> she still is young. She was really into jazz. I mean, she's still, mm. that's like all she likes is jazz. But then all of a sudden something will come on like really fun, like the zombies will come on and she'll be like, oh, I know all the zombies. I'm like, how do you know that stuff? You know? Yeah. So, her main thing is jazz, and my dad too. I guess is pretty much jazz. Was Caveman your first band? And I had like a middle school band where I was the drummer. Um, oh, cool! My so cool, you played the drums too. That was kind of my first instrument. I mean, my mom tried to get me to play violin, but I was like, no, I can't do that. Um, even though now I kind of <laughs> wish wish I knew how to play violin. <laughs> yeah, I had a band called Anti Shock when I was in uh, middle school. We kind of did covers. Of like Blink One Eighty Two, and I know he did an Incubus cover and a Nirvana <laughs> awesome. cover. Yeah, we kind of started arguing with our singer who I grew up with. I think in a way to kind of move on from him, we started trying out other people. But then we became like an instrumental band, uh, which okay. is and it just didn't last that long. It was you know yeah. But then uh, I met Jimmy, who I st- you know who's in Caveman. He and I had a band. I was really into professional wrestling as a kid. You know, it's like we were young, so we it was really weird being like serious when you write about stuff. So our band was called Fatboy Cooley and Jim C. That was like our wrestling names. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Really stupid. Nice. <laughs> and we would just kind of make up songs about people in our school, like comedy songs, because it was just so okay. tough to be like kind of the class clowns, but then be like, I wrote this serious song, you know, <laughs> it was really strange. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay, so it was more like silly songs about like your friends and stuff like that. that you yeah, were. you know, it was great. We would be, we'd get like, we'd get out of class because we, we'd tell our teachers we were playing and they all liked the songs because it kind of was like bad that they knew that we were kind of talking about somebody, but we weren't really be, making fun of, you know, we weren't like mean yeah. people, but it was, it was like, so they were like, oh God, they're like, I know this song. Everybody kind of knew. It was just funny. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like you guys were like the entertainers of the school. <laughs> they would let us like get out. We were we were in a small school anyway, and they would let us kind of get out of class. And, and then from there, we started a band with two of our teachers who they were young assistant teachers that became our video teacher. And um, that band was called The Subjects. That went from, I guess, our senior year of high school. It went for like five years. So we toured around. Oh, cool. And so that was pretty cool because they were, I mean, they were young, but, you know, it was still like our teachers and. Yeah, were they the ones kind of orchestrating some of the, just since they were a little bit older, like some of the figuring out touring and stuff like that? They did the first tour and we used my grandfather's minivan. And so... Okay, cool. A lot of my family lives in Michigan. So I went out and then they flew out like a week later and we just drove. We played like the most random towns in the Midwest. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But then after that, I started booking stuff, just called all these random clubs, asking for the biggest shows possible. And it's, it started to work, you know, people would be like, fine, we'll put you on, you know, because you'd be in Cleveland, Ohio and a band dropped out and last minute we'd be like, oh, great. Yeah, we'll do it. You know, we just happened to be there because I would write the club that day. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty fun. For the first few years of the subjects, I had a fake ID, you know, we'd uh-huh. be playing in all these different cities and it would be fine because I had a fake ID and no one knew that the New York. Cl- so 
it was just an extension of our attitudes in high school kind yeah. of I forgot to ask you about your coffee. I'm like, this is a coffee music podcast, and I forgot to ask you about your coffee at the very beginning. No, but what right. are you drinking? <laughs> well, I'm a little embarrassed to say, but because I do have a whole collection of great coffee, uh, my go-to is just Cafe Bustello in the morning. Oh, you know what, though? It's delicious. Okay, so now how do you make it? Do you just a regular, like, automatic coffee machine, or do you, like, do pour or what do you... Well, we have every style of coffee machine here. We've got like the... Okay. <laughs> we, I, we have the really expensive, nice one that we've found at like a home sense for half off. We both are coffee people. Like we have the toddy, you know, the iced coffee thing. But then yeah. our, our expensive coffee maker also does iced coffee. Oh, okay. Just leave it out to like slow drip, right? The toddy maker you yeah. just like set up and then, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. But our nice coffee machine kind of does the same thing where you just leave it in there and it brews uh-huh. for 12 hours. And then I think we bought the toddy when we were like, this is the way, because my favorite coffee company is um, La Colombe, one of the best. And I love their iced coffee. But so we bought the toddy because they recommended that. And we were like, this really expensive one we have only makes two cups of coffee. But we didn't realize that it was just so strong that you had to dilute it. Yeah. So then we're like, now we have two different ways to make you know cold brew. Um, yeah, I have a La Colombe over by me. It's called Frogtown. Um, so it's almost like a little place. Like if you're if you're biking along the LA River, you can like stop there and there's all these places to like put your bike, you know. So like lots of times big groups of bikers will stop there and you can get coffee there. And they, they were all closed here for, you know, obviously during the pandemic, which was yeah. depressing. So I wrote them like a Instagram thing and I was I asked what their like the blend was that they use for their mm. their cold brew. And they're like, well, we don't actually sell that, but this one's the closest. So I was like, OK. Oh, what is it? Nizza, N-I-Z-Z-A. Yeah, I mean, we'll put it on in the show notes for our listeners who want to try well, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay, you guys released the EP. Was that something you guys made during the beginning of quarantine or was that something you had planned and then you just decided, okay, this is the right time to do it? Because it was kind of towards the beginning, if I remember right. It was like May-ish yeah, when you guys released May that. May 1st. How did those songs come about? Did they come about before the pandemic or two of the songs were kind of demos from our third record and then i just kind of took the stems of two of them and actually finished the songs and added keyboards and stuff then the other two were uh you know maybe songs i wrote a long time ago and i didn't finish the lyrics and i was like oh okay and and then you know when i say didn't finish the lyrics like maybe i needed to add like two or three more words and it was done but i just never did it so i just kind of recorded them at my house. I think it, I recorded it in like a week and then I got in touch with my friend Pete who he played in a band called The Walkman which was one of my favorite bands ever growing up and now he's a manager and um, I was like hey do you want to help me put this out? I mean I've been a fan of them since high school and back in the day they wrote online they needed a practice space and so I kind of got in touch with them and we slowly became friends. Our band toured with them and so now Pete who was in the band is you know a manager and I was just like hey you know, can you help me put this out? Because we've been sitting on this record that we're finally putting out uh, eventually. Okay. But there's been some just random confusing stuff to, you know, that's made, made it take a little bit longer. Um, yeah, of course. So, which you, you kind of always hear. I feel like it's just a, the most boring classic story, but it, I feel like it always happens. So. No, it's not boring. So do you mean um, what's delaying the album that will come next? Just 
it took a lot longer than we expected and then but it yeah. was done but then we had to get things done and then we stopped working with this label we were on so we had to figure out mm. that there's also then that time where you're like this is never going to happen so you kind of <laughs> forget about it for a little bit <laughs> yeah um so which is good though because now we have some uh, you know some of the songs that we put out we're going to put on that as well like the, the stuff we put out in may okay um i'm excited about it now I, I, but there was a minute where i was just like oh god it's like if you had it completed and then now you have to wait for so long, it starts to feel maybe a little far away from you is, you know, like those songs and yeah. like making it and just kind of like the disconnect sort of. I forget kind of where I even was when I was working on it, you know, yeah. but then I listen to it again. I'm like, oh, OK, this is cool. I just I feel like such a different person from then. Yeah. When was it completed or like when were you writing those songs? Well, I mean, we were writing them like three years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I had demos of them three years ago and then we kind of finished it up a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. I guess it's just one of those things. I think that we've always been with our band. I mean, we've been around now for 10 years. So I feel like we're in a really good place where we have a really great dedicated group of fans, you know, and I think we've kind of stuck around and I think it's uh, it's going to pay off in the end. So that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like you definitely have fans who will be excited to hear i mean me included <laughs> um <laughs> to hear a new record how's your writing process been like during this whole pandemic and like being at home like have you have you gotten into any sort of routine yeah i've been writing more than ever i think but mostly when since the pandemic started i've really tried to um just get much better at recording myself so that's been really fun because i'm learning how to do all that and i've I've always kind of had an idea you know i've asked people and people and i've been able to do demos and people are always like the demos sound really good but now i'm in my head i'm like why why don't i just finish it you know i have if i have this demo that i really like the way it sounds why don't i just make sure it's done and then i can move on instead of think about like oh i got to get that song done and sit with it you know yeah also there's a certain amount of like power too when you know how to do all that stuff you don't have to necessarily, like you said, like wait around for someone else too, or like finding the person who has the same taste as you or, you know. I mean, there's a lot of people that I, I see it and I'm like, man, I want to be able to just put stuff out when it's done. I feel like we've always had to sit and be like, have this big plan. And I think it's cool to do that, but I'm feeling like more momentum can be built by, I finished four songs. Why don't we put it out and see what happens with it? You know? So I don't know that I probably say that now and, and it'll be like, a year from now and it's like well you have a full record let's wait and do the whole process of this and this i'm like okay i really feel good about writing and i think it's definitely recording myself is changing the way things are sounding but also kind of going from what other people say going back to kind of our classic sound of stuff because it's like it used to be really easy to just pick a keyboard part and do it and then it's like okay that sounds good but now i'm getting really into recording my acoustic and then getting it to sound right and you know recording 101 yeah, no, that's awesome. Do you put yourself on a little bit of a schedule or do you just kind of like see how you feel each day like when you wake up? Uh, it all depends. Like if I'm not, I've been helping my sister out with like her podcast and stuff like that. So I'm, I'll am i be sitting at my computer anyway. When I'm done with her stuff, I, then I, I, I've i been sitting here already kind of comfortable in the idea of working at my computer that I want to quickly do an idea. And then it's like, I feel like that's been really helpful because it's it's work, but it's also like helping her out, which is cool. So. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that makes total sense to me because you're already in the space. You have like some kind of structure, but you're not being like, go in at this time and now create something. Like on my last album, we just did everything at my house and my friend Ben would come over and I hadn't been writing that much, but I would find that like we would work only for a few hours and then he would leave and then I would write something because I was already, like you said, like in this zone and already here and like... I don't know. Yeah, just having that little bit of structure kind of like pushed me, you know? <laughs> yeah, because it, it gives me like a goal. Like, okay, w when I finish this, then I can start my own thing. As far as like subject matter and like writing lyrics and things like that, do you feel like kind of the state of the world is coming through or is it more like, you know, more reflecting on other things? I don't really know. I feel like I, I've been really trying to kind of make a character out of whatever the lyrics are that I'm working on and sometimes a lot of stuff I sing or like come up with it's like weird voice attached to it where it feels like this weird thing but eventually it feels like more of a story but then I'm like oh that makes sense because that relates to what was happening to me last week and maybe I'm just kind of figuring it out as I go but I think that's like a really fun way to write where I'm kind of basing it off of this random story I have in my head that is somewhat related to real life yeah so. How does uh, collaboration with your other band members work? Is it mostly you writing the songs and then going to them? Or do you sometimes just come to them with certain parts? It always changes. Like when we started, there was five of us, you know, we've known each other forever. Did you guys all meet in high school or was that just... No, just Jimmy and I. And then the other guys we met four years later, so... Okay. Right after. <laughs> I am curious, how has this transition been to no live shows? I mean, do you feel like it's a good break or are you waking up some days like, oh my God, what I wouldn't give to just like play a show? <laughs> or I think that if any time has been good, it's been this. I, I needed to like calm down and I'm getting a little older. So I was like, I wanted to take a little break from just all that. But so I think it's good in that sense, but I really miss it. And I think I think it's it's going to be great when you can do it again, you know. We just needed to kind of go take a little step back and you know, we're not kids anymore and you know, things have consequences like being known, you know, just like being able to party as hard as other people, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, and and you're like hanging out with bands who are half your age and they're like, "Go on, let's go." Out. You know, nothing was ever depressing about it, but it was just like, "Man, we we've been kind of a going strong for all these years let's just take a little step back for a minute and you know i want to go out i want to be able to play music forever so i'm making it sound like we were like you know we were totally fine we're just to us we're like let's grow up a little bit <laughs> right well i mean i think that makes sense like there's this transition i mean there has to be a little bit of a transition that happens or like you can't sustain constant staying up all night touring i mean it's exhausting and like if you want to be doing, like you said, like playing shows where you can really give your best, like you can't really do that if you never have rest, you know? Right. Just getting used to a certain lifestyle that was really fun when I was younger. And if you talk to anybody, everybody, I mean, everybody would be like, we were the most positive guys out there. But, you know, we're just we were just out every night. So I think now being able to kind of take a step back has been really good because I I think in some ways I like really enjoy writing music again and I can kind of think about it without attaching like, oh my God, I have to get up though and I have to like do this and I have to act like I'm in this great mood even though I feel terrible and other people have been able to deal with it better than me, I guess, but it feels like a nice little reset. 
I mean, the band's had so many like special, amazing times. And then can you remember times when you have felt a little like, huh, I don't know what the next step is. When we put our last record out, it was like we started a tour before it came out where we started in the West Coast, came all the way to the East Coast, then back to the West Coast. And then it was like two months of touring where we were opening for somebody who, by the way, love all of them. Great people. Uh, mm-hmm. Sadly, one of them died, too. It's just the the um, Frightened Rabbit guys. Oh, my God. They're like my all-time favorite band. <laughs> but. That was a really good example of that because those were some of my favorite people we've ever toured with. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because we hung out with them for almost two months straight every day. And for those two months, they were our best friends. And, you know, sadly, we don't talk to them as much anymore. And then, you know, the thing with Scott, which is tragic. But, but you know, you, you spend all that time with them. And I, I had some of the most fun on that tour. But when we got back, we realized, like, we didn't make any money. We were on, like, empty. Just like, oh, my God, why did we do that? And we have nothing really to prove for it. And we have some, definitely some people who like us now because of that. It started feeling like things were unorganized. I wouldn't trade it for anything because we had so much fun and I've made some, you know, lifelong friends from that. But we had a label who was great guys, you know, like one of them is my, still my friend to this day who was starting, you know, it was a rap label, but they were starting to put out bands and we were, we were the first band they put out. So it was like a year and a half of living the high life. The, one of the guys who ran the rock and roll department owned tons of bars and he was one of my friends. So we, every night we were going out and it was like, getting to hang out with people. We want this done. Okay, they'll do it. But when you come home from a two-month tour and you have not a ton to prove, you know, all you can say is like, all these people saw us. I promise it's going to be good when we go back out on tour. It just seemed like once that happened, people started losing interest because, you know, people put money in and we didn't get instant results. That was really a, I think on our third record was really a point where I was like, we're too deep into this and it just was not as exciting for a minute. What do you do? Like, how do you move forward in those moments? I mean, do you feel like there's certain people in the band that you can kind of talk through those things with? Or do you all just kind of like, like you said, like rest a bit? Or how, how do you move? How did you move through that? I think I didn't handle it as well as I could have. I think I really like I let it really bother me. And mm. so, which got me to a point where I couldn't really think clearly about it. In my head, I'm I'm stress like oh my god we're not going to ever be able to have an opportunity again like this and it really affected I just didn't really feel like writing music it's hard though to like there's so many ups and downs in a creative career you know you guys have had so much success and so many like you said fun nights and exciting times and as a just human being you can't like wrap up all your value and like whether or not things are still going up 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 I mean it can't always be like that like yeah I think like you know, if you would have talked to me two years ago about it, I would have been like, oh, this person did this. And now I'm just like, okay, like whatever. Like that person was just doing what they thought was right. Or even if they didn't care, who cares? You know, like now I just want to work on music. And if something doesn't work out, I want to feel like I still enjoy it enough to just move on to the next thing, you know, And, and like, okay, that song didn't work out. Well, great. I'll write another one. I mean, that sounds amazing. It sounds like a very healthy perspective. Like, how are you dealing with social media during this time? You know, since we don't have shows now and you and you want to connect with your fans and. <laughs> I hate it. I'm okay. so terrible at social media. Yeah. And we've had so many situations where, you know, like 
I've tried to do it and people have been like, you got to do better. I'm like, okay. So then I'll like try and post something every day. And then I'm like, well, no one's liking this stuff because it doesn't feel genuine to me, mm-hmm. you know? And so then I'll have someone else take it over. Or when we were on that label, you know, there was people who took it over, but I mean, they're just not me. So like the way they speak is different than the way I speak. Um, and they were really great at like putting content out there, but you know, but then I'll post something that's genuine and it'll get a ton of likes and i'm like oh that's great but then like am i supposed to then sit and be like oh i have to build off of that like i don't want to think about that stuff it's interesting what you said about how like oh if you do get something where people are like oh they really felt connected to you then they like it but if you're just putting up something that doesn't matter each day like then does that even really help spread what you want which is really you're trying to get people to like connect to your music in a great way and i think that there's like ways to do it where you know i'd like to i'd like to feel comfortable putting out like you know if i had videos that i because i work on videos all the Mm. time like what if you know what if i just put out parts of that you know stuff like that to keep people connected but if it's just like like what i ate for lunch like i just don't think that matters you know (laughs) yeah if you could have a coffee date with like your favorite band or favorite artist who would it be also like where i have like a deep love for uh rufus wainwright i think like mm. he's i know that's like the weird i feel like that's a weird one to pull out of my hat but, but i but he's like to me musically one of my favorite people and I, when you said that that's instantly who i thought about oh that's great and i've been loving his way of doing social media actually during the pandemic because he'll do like a live thing and it'll be him in his robe at his grand piano like playing a song in the morning. And that's one of my favorite things to watch. So that's actually answers that other question too. But I would love to, I'd love to hang out. And I met him once and it was like, I've never really been kind of starstruck the way I was when I met him. I don't know why. I just think he's, he's great and creative. Um, or another person I thought of would be like Jerry Seinfeld would be fun. Oh Yeah. I feel like that's possible because you could get on that show like next record cycle or whatever you guys do for press. <laughs> you like, I know. I just oh, got to fool it's with comedians. <laughs> you got to do a, a, a comedy bit. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he would be amazing to talk to. But honestly, I, I mean, I, I think like France would be fun. But I just really want to be able to have things be normal again and just go to like the West Village and have a coffee with somebody. I've been taking the express bus to Manhattan you know, because I'm getting used to my new way of traveling around here. And there's nothing feels better than being in Manhattan and like walking around. And so if I could if I could go and like sit somewhere with somebody in the West Village, I think that would be yeah, be kind of ideal. That sounds amazing. You're making me miss New York. Yeah. I mean, now I guess you guys can't really like go out and enjoy it in the same way with. No, no. You know, I haven't really I've eaten at a restaurant like outside and stuff like, I, you know, Veselka is one of my favorite restaurants. So I was like, I have to go. So yeah. it was weird we sat outside, but it's just nice to walk around, really. So I get to do that, but it's not the same right now. Were you going to maybe sing something today? I could or do whatever. I mean, do I don't mind. I, one second. We got my guitar. I was going to play uh, You Got a Feeling. Okay, The cool. new song from our new EP. I love that one. If that works. Yeah, for sure. If there's any reason 
to leave someone behind Just tell me what you're thinking To help make up your mind If there was any problems Or something I could do Just keep it to yourself now If it's good enough for you something to decide Just give me all those issues So we can say we tried Cause there's no use in waiting For something that is done Have we been hesitating To look at what will come so happy to have you on the show today I've really been looking forward to it and you know this week has been so stressful so I already feel better <laughs> me too I mean I was looking forward to meeting you and this has just been so nice to check in with you and like learn about your life like I didn't really know that much about you just your music yeah so. no, I appreciate um, I hope it was you know good good amount yeah. of stuff there yeah I hope you have a good rest of your week you too Thanks for taking the time to have me on this. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing Matt sing and getting to know him a little bit better and hearing his journey as a songwriter. Also, make sure to check out Caveman's most recent EP, New Sides. It has definitely been keeping me company during this COVID quarantine. You know, we've had a lot of great artists so far this season and a lot of great music suggestions 
from artists on this season. So we've compiled a lot of the songs onto an official Spotify playlist. So make sure to check that out. I will be putting the link in the show notes along with a link to our official Facebook group. And of course, I'll be linking the coffee and music that Matt and I talked about in today's episode. Also, something very exciting for me, I'm releasing an album very soon. I just released a new song called 15 Minutes and the new album, The Supporting Character, will be released later this spring. So I also put a link so that you can pre-order that new album as well if you would like. Okay, that's all for this week. I know I have a very packed next couple of days ahead of me and I am sure some of you do too, but I hope you get a chance to just listen to some of your favorite music and have a good cup of coffee and thanks so much for spending some of your time with my caffeine withdrawal.